Today's daf is daf Yud Dalit in Beitzah. Again, we learn for Fushlin for Yosef Azriah ben Chaya Michal from the Mishnah. Now, we recall this uh, whole Masech is dealing with Yontif, and we said that even though Yontif, uh, all things that are for Ochel Nefesh are Mutter, and not only that, we also hold of, like they said, that Mitok Shehutu Otsar Chutu Shalotsar, you could also, not only, even though you have to, you can. Um, uh, you can, for, for ochel nefesh, for food, you can uh, carry and you can cook, etc. Uh, we were matter carrying uh, uh, for non, uh, non-sorach. So the, the Torah was very maker when it comes to yantav, but the rabbi said, still, we want you to maintain simchas yantav. And therefore, you shouldn't do extra work. So things that could have been done before yantav, like grinding and preparing food that could have been done before without any uh, damage to the food, uh, and and uh, things, it, it was just as well, you could have done it yesterday, you should do it before Yantav. So therefore, the mission is like this, Beishami Omrim, Tavolin, which are spices, Neduchim B'marach Sholeit. So spices had to be pounded, grounded in a, in a, a mortar and pestle, and um, that's how it was normally done. But the spices, we still on Yantav, we don't want to pound in the regular way, we want to do it with a bit of a shinui, so spices, which have to be pounded on yantif, because if you done it before yantif, they would have lost their flavor. And also, as we'll see tomorrow, maybe because you didn't even know what you were going to cook the next day on yantif, maybe every yantif you didn't plan on doing it. So therefore, you can use a, um, a, a pestle of, made out of wood. Normally, they were made out of <coughs> stone, <coughs> but if you could, you could use one, do it with a shina, do it out of wood. Valmelech salt, which certainly could have been done Erev Yantif. Why did you have to eat thick salt, you know, the hard salt? That they could have uh, pounded, ground up the day before. So since he didn't, so this is on Yantif, you got to do it with a big shinui. But Pach, you have to do it like in a small earthenware jar, Uva eight apart, or with a wooden ladle, a hollowed out spoon. In other words, don't use a regular mortar and pestle on Yantif. You can use a regular, a regular uh, uh, pestle made out of stone, uh, spices. Why? Because you really couldn't have done it on air of Yantif. It would have lost its flavor. And also maybe you didn't know what you were going to do on Yantif. In other words, not as we'll see, not all dishes require uh, spices or require different spices. So therefore, there was no reason to do an air of Yantif. And you could do it on Yantif in the normal way. That's Ochel Nefesh, no problem with that. But salt, which you should have done in Erev Yantif, there you should use a, um, a wooden uh, pestle, not a regular one. That's what the Gemara, that's what the Mishnah says over here. So it's mash, but according to Basil, certainly spices can be done in a regular way. Salt, you have to do with a little bit of a shinoi. The Gemara will give a different alternative shot, which is really the halacha. You could even for salt, you can use a regular mortar and pestle, but do it with a bit of a shinoi. We'll see. The Kuliyamamias, everybody agrees, melech boy, shinoi, that when it comes to salt, it requires to it require, if you do it on Yantiv, you have to do it with a shinoi, do it differently than you normally do it. To show that it's Yantav, why? My time. All dishes, all cooking requires some salt. But not all of them need spices. And therefore, salt you should have done before Yantav. Why are you waiting to Yantav to do the pounding? You could have done it before. Again, Torah, anything Ochel Nefesh is mutter on Yantav. However, the rabbi said, for Simchas Yantav, if you allow everything to do, if you say you're going to do it on Yantav, things that could have been done before Yantav, you'll wait till Yantav to do everything. Hey, what do I have to, I'm busy now making money or running errands, Erev Yantav, I'll do it on Yantav. No, things you could have done Erev Yantav, you should have done Erev Yantav. Since the salt could have been prepared before Yantav, 
Therefore, we penalize you when we say on Yantif you have to do it with a Shinui to encourage you to do it before Yantif. Do it with a little, don't, don't do it in the normal way. So therefore, even, and our mission says, even, a, even according to Basil, salt must be done with a wooden pestle, not with an earth, not with a stone, a stone pestle. But another reason, one gives the reason because salt, every, every dish needs salt, so you know you should have done an Erev All spices overnight lose their flavor. Once you grind them up, they lose their flavor. But salt doesn't lose its flavor. As we know, you can, you know, you chop up the uh, salt and grind it up, and it still has that same, uh, the same feeling. It's still salty the next day, right? We keep it in salt shakers and use it for months. So therefore, since it doesn't lose its, its flavor, salt, again, you should have done it on Erev Yantif, whereas spices lose their flavor. So you know, there's no reason why you had to do it on Erev Yantif. It would lose its flavor. Same reason, why don't you shech the Erev Yantif? Why can you shech on Yantif? Because it won't be fresh anymore. Uh, today we don't shech because you could just as well freeze it and you won't, you won't lose its, uh, you could shech it before Yantif. But uh, people, let's say, who make barbecues and cook on Yantif, you're allowed to because it's fresh, not the same as, doing it before. Maybe now, what's the difference between these two reasons? If the reason is because all, all dishes need salt, not all dishes need spices, uh, or the second reason is because uh, spices lose their flavor overnight, whereas salt doesn't. Let's say on Erev if you knew what you're going to cook. So if you knew what you're going to cook, you should have prepared the spices also before. All right, so, but if you didn't know, that problem is, you know, not all dishes require spices. So if you didn't plan and you didn't know for sure what you were going to cook on Yantiv, so you couldn't, you, didn't, you couldn't prepare the spices before Yantiv, you didn't know what you were going to cook. But if you knew what you were going to cook, you should have prepared the spices before, if that's the reason. But if the reason is because the spices will lose their flavor if you do it before Yantiv, Marika saffron doesn't lose its flavor. So again, if the reason is because of losing its flavor and you're cooking with saffron, you should have done that Erev Yantif. <coughs> if the reason is uh, you should have done an, an Erev Yantif, and, uh, and, and therefore that, that, that far would apply uh, not only to salt, but it would apply to spices also. Uh, so the difference is spices, salt should always be prepared before Yantif. But the spices, it depends on the reasoning. Amar says differently than our Mishnah. He says, All things that have to be pounded, ground up, can be done in the normal way, with a regular, um, with a regular uh, mortar and pestle made out of stone. Even salt can be done on Yontif. You just said in the Mishnah, according to everybody, salt requires a Shinui to do it in a different manner, not to do it in the normal way. Says my Hamid Melech Boishini says who Tana Shmuel Rav Yudam Shmuel says like the following Tana the Tanya Mer Meir Meir learns like this Lo Nechuk Besham Besil Aduchin Shudachin Kedarka and Melchman Besham Besil both agree that salt that he says that all things that are normally pounded salt and spices etc can be done in the normal way and salt with them Rashi learns salt at the same time Rashi says Imoim Imoim Melech Vatapin Keechad on the side, the marshal brings down not really literally together in the same mor- in the same mortar, but w- at the same time, one after the other. In other words, if you're pounding stuff, you can pound everything on yantiv, including salt. But the question is, if you're not pounding any other uh, components, uh, uh, you're not doing any kind of spices or pounding any uh, anything else. All you're doing is you're pounding salt. What can you do there? 
let's sleep. Beishamah is very machmer. They say, listen, salt should have been before Yantav. If all you're doing is salt, you could have done it before Yantav. Therefore, on Yantav, you have to do it in a small vial, a small jar, or with a wooden ladle, only for roasting, which doesn't require a lot. When you're roasting, it doesn't require a lot of salt. But for a cooked dish, you can't do it at all. They're very machmer. No, you can use it for everything. Now, Becholdover sounds like with anything, you could use any kind of an instrument, even something which is muktzah. Becholdover salkadaydo, can you say for with anything, even a, even something which is a kli, which is not that you're not allowed to be metaltal. Even something which is muktzah, meaning whether you're roasting it or whether it needs a lot of salt, a lot of salt because it's a cooked dish. For whatever it is, you're allowed to do it in the normal radar. Rashi explains that it's kedarka. In other words, this shita, Rab Meir, explaining Beisham Beisil, they say, everybody agrees, Beisham Beisil both agree that if you're pounding other things, you're grinding other things in a mortar and pestle, you can do salt with them too. The machlok is if you're only doing salt. Beisham is very machmer and says that for a cooked dish, you can't do it at all, only for a only for roasting, where it requires a little bit of salt, and then you have to do it with a big shinui. Basil says, no, you don't have to do it with a shinui at all, you could do it kadark in general. So according to this shita in Basil, the way where Meir learns Basil, and then Shmuel says, in Shmuel Paskins, salt can be done in the normal manner, period. In the normal period. But still, you require a little bit of a shinui. Right? Racha Barla said to his son, the Bach Skir says that, uh, that Rav said to Ravacha Bardala, says, Kidaichas, when you pound uh, salt on Yantif, Atzloi Atzloi Vidoch, tilt the uh, mortar over a little bit, and then, and then do it with the Shinoi. Why? Because he also held like Shmuel, right? He says that tilt it over a little bit. He holds like Shmuel that says you can salt in the normal way, even on Yantif, with a regular uh, stone mortar. But it requires a little bit of a shini, so tilt it on the side. Rav Sheshishama called Buchna. He heard the sound, he was walking in the street, and he heard the sound of a uh, pestle pounding into a mortar. That's not from the inside of my house. I can, t- I can guarantee you guys, this didn't come from my house because I forbade them to, uh, to pound in the normal way. Okay, that's not, because I, I, I know that when they pound salt on Yontif in my house, they don't do it exactly the normal way. I, got like, I went like Shmuel, you're allowed to pound salt with a earthenware, uh, with a um, stone mortar and pestle. You're allowed to do that, but you have to do it with a shinoi, a little bit of a shinoi. And as even Shmuel says, you need a little bit of a shinoi. So he said, like he said before, Vachabarla said, tilt the uh, mortar over on the side. Rav Shesh has heard the sound of the mortar. That's not from my house. I, how do you know it's not from his house? Maybe they did it with a, they did it indeed with a stone mortar and pestle, but he tilted it over, did it with a shinoi. He heard that the noise of the pounding was very shrill. He could tell that it was direct. It wasn't like on the side. It wasn't that the mortar had been turned over, had been uh, tilted over. Maybe they were pounding spices. So it, that's why, that's why it, it had that kind of a sound. It says, no, this, the sound of spices is not like that of salt. Salt apparently is very hard. So when you bang it, it's got a strong noise. This is more of a dull noise. So you could tell from the sound that, that they were pounding salt and they were doing it directly without any shinui. So he said, that didn't come from my house. Now, again, because the, the rabbis were machmer and said, you should have done before, 
uh, you should have things that you could have done before Yantif, you do before Yantif. So the Rabbanan said like this, Enos and Tisni, you don't make uh, uh, what they call Tisni. Tisni, some translated as a pearl barley or groats. Uh, Rashi explains that it's wheat that's divided up into four. In other words, you take each kernel, it's a very complicated process, and each kernel has to be divided, each seed is divided into four. So he says, that's what Tisni is. So don't do that on Yantav, it requires a lot of work. And also you don't pound in a mortar. So the Gemara says, Tarti, those two things are not, don't, or don't seem to jive. When you say Enos and Tisni, you can't make these groats, right, or this kind of uh, a wheat that's divided up into four. Okay, that you can't do. Sounds like you could make other things, things that require less work, like uh, pounding, making uh, porridge, or something of that sort where, it's, where it doesn't just, you just pound it, doesn't require that much work, uh, doesn't require that much exact work, let's say craftsmanship. So it says, Enos, and you can't make that. Mashpah, you could make other things. Then he says, you can't, you can't pound at all in a mortar. So what's going on? The reason you can't make Tisni is Lefisha Ein Kosin, Mashpah, because you don't pound. So you don't pound. So just say, just say, you don't pound in a mortar, right? Just say that. If you're saying the reason you don't make Tisni is because you can't pound, so say you don't pound in a mortar, and that's one that, that'll cover everything. No, if you tell me a stam mortar, a big one, a normal size, a mortar is normally very big. So you, you got a big one. So normally, if you say maybe a big one, shopper, they might think you could use a small one. Kamashmala, no. That it, therefore he says you can't make Tisni means you can't use one at all. By saying you, ain't, you, you can't use a small one, by saying ain't os and Tisni, that teaches you that you can't. And as if you use a small one, that's Kalachiyad. So therefore he's telling you, uh, by telling you both halachas, he's telling you ain't and Tisni means basically you can't use a big mortar, and ain't kos means you can't even use a small one. I have a Tanya, but the Bryce learns Enkos Machshesh is Gedol. We have a Bryce which is the other way around. That you could use a small one. So if you could use a small one, right? So what is he, what is he telling you uh, that just say Enkos Machshesh is a Gedola? What do you have to say Kisni for? Amrabai, so Abai changes it. Kitanya Namastis Machshesh is Gedola. Enochanami. Here Rashi from the three lines from the bottom page explains. Not like we said before that the reason is Enos and Tisni. Why? Lefish Enkos Machshesh. No. The two separate You can't make tisni at all, even in a small one. And making other things like porridge or, or uh, uh, in a, uh, in a uh, that you use a big one for, that you can't do at all. So it means like this. So he's telling you two alochas. You don't make tisni at all, even in a small one. Normally, you could use a small one, but Tisni don't make it all because it requires a lot of work. And you don't make anything in a big one. Nothing can be made in a big one. That's what it means. So, therefore, on the mission says, Enos and Tisni, that means you can't make Tisni even in a small one. Enos and in a big one. That's what it means. Another answer, Rabbi says, no. I'll tell you very simple. And the one end you said, right, when you said that, I mean, when the Bryce says, Enos and Tisni, and it means lefish ain't kosmachtesh. You can't use one at all, even a small one. And then Bryce says, no, you could use a small mortar. He says they're talking in different cases. Halon valu. It depends for us here in Bavel or for those people in Eretz Israel. In Bavel, they were poorer and they didn't have servants. So for us, we didn't have servants. We didn't have servants. We don't have any servants that are going to 
be lax in their observance and they'll say, oh, you know, they want to make it easy. They want to use a large mortar and say, no, we used a small one. Just, you know, we weren't over on your rules. So, but they really want to cheat and use a large one. So for us, we don't have any servants who are going to fool around and be lax in their observance of the rules. So we're allowed to use a small one. Baha'u'llahu in Eretz Yisrael, this, they, have, they have servants who are going to be lax and they're going to pound it in a big one and say they did in a small one. They forbade even in a small one. Halan Bolu. Rapapi Ikli Lebei Marshmul. Rapapi went to the house of Marshmul, who lived in Bavel. Aisilei Das, they brought him this like porridge or broth, something like almost like a soup that was very, uh, very, that was pounded. And he didn't eat it. Now, it wasn't Tisni that you can't make. Dice you could make in a small one. He didn't eat it. Like he says, I'm sorry, I don't want, I pass on that. How did, why didn't he? Why didn't he? And maybe they made it in a small one, and and that was in bubbles. Is the chazi davi died face? So it was very fine. It couldn't have been done in a small one. It was a large a lar, in a large mortar. It's a lot easier to do it very finely. So he saw it was very fine. He knew it was done in a large mortar. Maybe they made it the day before. They served him this thing. Why would he think that in Marshmul's house, Rapapi was being served something that was made that day against the law that the rabbi said you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't uh, pound anything in a large mortar. Maybe it was made yesterday. The Its sheen was very, was very uh, freshly peeled. In other words, you could tell that it had a shine to it that it was very fresh. It was from right now. As he could tell, those days, these guys knew, it was very, it was peeled and white, very white, very shiny. Even though it was in Bavel, but Shmuel was uh, wealthier and he had uh, sl- uh, servants, and they were, could be very lax, and therefore uh, he didn't want to eat them because he was, he was afraid that maybe they did it in a, uh, a large one. First of all, he saw that they were... Um, uh, Iboy Sam is an, another reason, meaning even if it wasn't done very finely, um, uh, you know, even if it wasn't, he couldn't tell that it was very finely, and he couldn't tell maybe that it, even he, maybe he could tell that it was from today, but he was afraid that maybe the servants did it in a large one and didn't do it in a small one. Even if he couldn't see, and so the, the first answer was that you could tell that it was very fine that it was done in a large one. Here he's saying even if you couldn't tell that it was a large one, but he was afraid of the laxness, of the laxity of the, of the, uh, uh, of the servants, and he was afraid that they did it in a large one and claimed that they did it in a small one, so he didn't want to eat it at all. Habar Kitni is another alocha. Boru is, an, is a melacha on Shabbos. On Yontif, though, again, when it comes to ochel nefesh, we're matra things, but still the rabbi said, you should do it with a, you should do it very carefully and do it with a shinoi. So Habar Kitni is beyond the b'sham yomer and bar ochel v'ochel. You could only uh, select the food a little bit at a time. You have to select the food from the psolas. You have to select the food from us. In other words, they have your legumes, and there's a lot of refuse in there too, you know, shells and things that can't be eaten, leaves, whatever. So he says you have to pick the food from the, uh, from the refuse and eat that. Don't pick out the refuse. Normally the way it was selected was you picked out the refuse. You picked out the garbage first. He says, no, you have to pick out the food, do it with the shina. Basilis says, no, borrow kadarko. You could do it, you could, you could select in the normal way of picking out the refuse from the good stuff. Becheko in your lap, bekinon in a in a, um, in a basket, ubetamcha in a dish, avalobetavla. But don't do it in a way that it looks like you're doing so much, even for the next day. Again, yontif you can't prepare. Uh, tomorrow, Mitzvah, we're going to start learning about erev tafshilim. On yontif, you're allowed to cook, you're allowed to do all those things, right? But you're not allowed to prepare for uh, for a chol. You can't prepare for the next day. 
And uh, and uh, that's why you have to make an Erev Tavshil if you want to cook from Yontif to Shabbos by starting to cook before Yontif. Fine. But you can't cook for the next day. So here, if you, if you prepare, if you start selecting on a big board, oh, or, 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 or on a sifter, or a on a sieve, then it looks like you're preparing for the next day, so you shouldn't do that. So Basil says you can, you can take the refuse out of the good stuff, if that's the normal way that it's done, but don't you do it in a way that it looks like you're doing it uh, you know, commercially or on a large scale. We don't possibly, says you can even rinse them and skim off the refuse. You know, rinse them means that you, know, you put some water in there and then the refuse floats to the top. Mulyal says you could even do that on Yantif. When did Basilil say that you can pick out the refuse from the food? When there's more, more food than refuse. If there's more refuse than food, everybody agrees. You have to take the food out. You have to pick, select the food out. So you can't pick out the psolas. If there's more refuse than food, then it's muktza. You go basarov. The whole thing is good. The whole thing is muktza. How can anybody say me? Anybody could say if there's more refuse than food, you have a half minute to say you could pick out the food. You can't even touch it. There is less refuse than food, but it's very thin and it takes more work. In other words, it's got a lot of work. In other words, we're saying that this, the Basol says, you could take out the refuse from the food is only if it doesn't require more work than taking the food out of the refuse. Meaning, Basil says, look, if, it, if it's less work to take out the refuse in the normal way, take it out that way. But of course, we're speaking about where the refuse is less in bulk and volume than the food. Otherwise, the whole thing is muktzah. He means over here that if there's more work involved in picking out the refuse, then you should take out the food, you select the food out rather than take out the refuse. This is the Minigan base from Muliel. Muliel was one who said you could do that. Show you Mavia and Dali, they would bring a bucket, Malaya Dushim, full of, let's say, lentils. Let's say they want to eat lentils, a kind of legumes. Umatsifanulamaim, and they would float some water on it, you know, put some water on it. And then Venimsa Ocha Lamatu Psosamala. Then what happened was is that the, the chaff, the refuse would float to the top, and the food would come to the bottom. That's how they separated, and they did that even on Yantav. We don't paskin, you can do that. That's too much work on Yantav. It's like Uvdarachol, but but that's what Muliel did. Ivatanya, we learned the other way around that the, um, the psolus, the refuse, that sunk to the bottom and the food floated to the top. It depends what, what the, depends what the refuse is. If the refuse is dirt, dirt will sink in the bucket and the food will float to the top. But if it's chaff, like the stuff that came off the food, that floats, that floats to the top and the food would be below that. Again, in order to be... Um, uh, to make simchas yantif more for yantif, and you shouldn't be doing work, let's say, that looks like for the next day. But Shami says, if when you're sending food to one another on yantif, you're sending somebody a gift of some food, portions, in other words, something that clearly is going to be eaten that day. Portions, you can't send large, large amounts, just portions, you know, individual portions. If you could send a whole animal, you could shecht it that day. Whether the animal's alive or slaughtered already, because you could slaughter it that day and eat it. In other words, it's Simchas Yantiv, you could do that. Mishalchen, Yeno Shmanam Saltas, you could send wine, oil, flour, kidneys, legumes, avalot but not produce. In other words, not tfua, meaning like uh, produce from the field that requires 
grinding and processing, etc., that's already a lot of work. Could have done it before. Again, Torah, technically you could, but the rabbi said that kind of stuff should have been done the day before because you could have ground it the day before with no loss, no loss of taste, etc. So that you shouldn't do before. That's his Avalotfur. Shimon says you could even use regular tfur, regular stuff that was cut right off the field. You could take it right off the field. We'll explain by Shimon because Shimon says it does have some uses. Maybe you're going to use it for animal feed, or sometimes it's cooked whole. It's not ground up first. So Shimon is matzer in those cases. Even though you're allowed to take food from one another, right? And Basil said what that you're allowed to take even large amounts, but you can't do it with a company of people. Don't start sending on us. Why? Because that already looks like you're taking it to the market. If, every, if a whole bunch of people are schlepping food, it looks like they're going to the market. If three people. In other words, a shura like we find, a shura is found by Avelis, a shura like a, means a, you know, a row of people, a group of people. So it's a, if it's three people, three people shouldn't be schlepping food to somebody's house. Let's say I wanted to send one person, I wanted to send, you know, like a four spice, I wanted to send a fish and then meat and then dessert. So I could send one guy three times. That would be okay. So what happens if I send three guys, like Ashura, with three different portions? Fish, meat, and dessert, let's say. Can I do that? In other words, do you look at the portions? The portions are different, so it doesn't look like I'm taking one big mass of food to the market. Or do you say, no, three guys looks like you're taking it to the market. Take it, that question stands. Let's say you could take wheat, the, the whole wheat kernel, the way, it, uh, the way it comes right off the ground. Take the whole wheat curtain uh, without grinding, etc. Why is he matzah to send that on Yontif? Because you can make ludios. Ludios is some kind of a uh, food that's made with uh, the, whole, the whole wheat kernel. Saorim, you could send barley, because animals eat it that way. Adoshim, lentils, lasim and resistance, also a food that's made out of lentil, lentil soup or lentil whatever. Whatever they're making, they make lentils out of it whole, meaning it doesn't take processes, processes. So therefore, Rabbi Shimon is matra in those cases. All right. Hamshalchen, Kalim, Bain, Formation. You're allowed also to send clothing, whether they're sewn or not sewn. So you might say, if it's not sewn, what's it good for? Well, see, appreciate my client, even clothing that has client, which you can't wear. How is that? We'll talk about that. As long as, they're for, as long as they have use for yontif. That's how Rashi learns. On the side, he says, Okay, different shot. But Rashi learns that as long as it's for some use on yontif, you're allowed to send clothing, whether it's sewn, meaning it's ready to wear, or whether it's not sewn together, it's not like a garment, it's just a material. We'll see why is that mutter on yanta, what's the heter, and even climb. Wow, that's a big one. I have a low sound on the summer, but you can't send, send um, hobnailed shoes. Uh, shoes that uh, Rashi says that they're, these are, uh, they're made out of wood. Most of the shoes in those days were made out of wood, covered with uh, leather. And there were nails sticking out of them. Can't use that because there was a special xer because there was a tragedy that happened. Tomorrow's tomorrow we'll discuss that there was a tragedy that happened with the uh, with with uh, hobnailed uh, uh, shoes, shoes that had nails sticking out of them. And because of that, the rabbi said you can't wear them at all. So you can't, you shouldn't send those things. It shouldn't be worn. And you also can't send. A, you may not send a shoe that hasn't been stitched yet. Because that can't be worn, so it doesn't have any purpose on Yantaf. Even a white one, meaning before it's been blackened by the shoemaker, 
that you can't wear it because nobody would wear it that way. Because you still need a craftsman, a shoemaker, to finish it off. If you can use them on Yantif, if it has a use, you can use them on Yantif, fine, then you could send those. If it doesn't have a use, right, if, if you don't wear them on Yantif in some way, then you're not allowed to send, send it to somebody on Yantif. So Bishlam, it's for him. If the clothes are already sewn together, so you like you have a whole garment, right, I can understand, that's, that's a garment. You got a shirt, you got a jacket, pants, whatever. Even if they're not sewn together, it's not made into a garment, it's clothing though, it's clothing material, it could, you could use it as a cover for something, cover for chalas, cover for food, cover for something. Ella, climb my chazel, what are you going to do with climb? You can't wear climb. If it's made out of shotness, that climb the shotness, you can't wear it. So maybe you could fold it and put it under use and use it under, as a cushion, sit on it. But Tanya we learn, the Pusik says, you shouldn't wear them. But you can spread it out underneath you. That's what you could do. The rabbi said, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't spread it and sit on it. Why? Because maybe a thread will cling to you, on your busser. And Rashi explains it in two ways. Sometimes there's large threads, and those threads themselves are shatnas, if it's part of a shatnas garment. Because the whole garment, even if there's a little, in a, if you have a big garment, there's a little bit of shotness in one corner, the whole garment becomes shotness. So if you have, and if you might have a, a, some threads, those threads themselves warm you. Or Rashi says, it could be just a regular thread which doesn't warm you, but since the main baguette warms you by sitting on it, uh, you're, it's, it's, uh, you're sitting on it, your bottom, your feet are on it, uh, that's considered wearing it. So, the, the rabbi said, you're not allowed to sit on shatnas, even though in a Torah, you're not wearing it, you're sitting on it, you're folded it up and sitting on it. But the rabbi said, don't do it because maybe one thread will cling to your, to your uh, flesh and will warm you up. Or even if, it, even if that thread doesn't do it, but the whole garment is, the garment is considered, you're wearing it because when a thread is attached to your skin, is clinging to your skin, and the garment is warming you. So therefore you can't, uh, therefore you shouldn't wear it at all. So again, why, why are you allowed to send somebody climb? Maybe, okay, well, I'll tell you why. There's another uh, garment or there's another uh, item, piece of wood or whatever, that separates between, you're not sitting directly on the climb cushion, but rather there's some, there's some partitions in between. So maybe that's why it's okay. Rabbi Shem Rabbi says, "I'm Rishuva Levi." Rabbi Yossi and Shaul, Rabbi Mishum Kilakadosh said in the name of the whole community of Yerushalayim, the Kilakadosh of Yerushalayim. Afilu Esmatzos. Even if you have ten mattresses, Zul Gabizu, ten mattresses or mats, one on top of the other, who climb Tachem climbs underneath. And also Lishon Tachem, the rabbis forbade sleep. Uh, you can't sleep on uh, mattresses, even if the bottom mattresses climb and there's 10 mattresses in between, or mats in between, it's usher. They, 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 so, so again, how, did you, how could that work? How, do you, how can you send somebody clothing made out of climb? You're not allowed to send on it at all. Elo Bevil, maybe you're talking about a curtain, right? And maybe a curtain. The curtain was made out of climb, and then you could use this garment as a curtain. Why do they say that a vilan? In other words, if you have a partition in your house, a mechitza, a wall, whatever, a door... That's part of the building. It's not not because it's considered attached to the ground. But if it's a curtain, that is tame. Why? Because the attendant, he takes the curtain, the bottom of the curtain, and he wraps himself on a little bit to warm himself up, meaning because he could use it as a garment. So since he can warm, warm himself with that, that's also also because of climb. Right? He can't make it in climb. So again, 
how could you send a garment made out of Kalayim uh, to somebody? They can't wear it. They can't sit on it. They can't use it as a curtain. Elabakashin. You know what we're speaking about? We're talking about where this garment, this kalim, this clothing made out of Kalayim was very hard. It was hardened. So again, you didn't have the idea of uh, thread sticking out of it and it's not going to warm. It's very hard. And if it's very hard, it doesn't warm you and therefore you're allowed to sit on it even though it's made out of Kalayim, but it doesn't warm you. Again, there are cases, you know, Kalayim is only if you wear it. So if it warms you, it gives you some anod. The Gemara talks about how uh, Kalayim, uh, let's say uh, you're trying it on and they didn't have a mannequin and, right, and the man's trying it on. Uh, the owner of the store puts it on himself to show the customer what it looks like, right? So he's not putting it on to get enough front, to, to warm himself up. He's putting it on only to demonstrate it. So again, that wouldn't be usher. So here again, so he says, it's speaking where it's hard, so it's not giving any any uh, physical comfort. Gamda means it's uh, a small one. Uh, it's, it's hard, and it's like, gamad is like means small also. It means if it's, if it's shrunk, it's shrunk and hardened. So here, if, it's, if you have the, uh, a hardened uh, felt mattress that's made in, this, in the city of Narish, that's where they used to make these felt mattresses, and they were very shriveled up and hardened, sure, you're allowed to, even if it's made out of Kalayim, uh, you're, you're allowed to uh, sit on it. Yeah, why? Because it doesn't, it doesn't warm you. Since it's hard, it doesn't warm you. Amra Papa, Slippers. Slippers, Rashi says they were put on under the shoes and they made them from the skin of goats and, uh, um, and um, they put them under, like if they put them in the shoes, it could be like a kind of a sock also, a hardened sock. There's also no Kalayim. Why Amrabshim Kalayim? Why? Because they're very hard. Anything which is very hard does not warm you, and therefore there's no way of climb. Amarava, Hani Shrori Hani Darabshite, these um, uh, bags or purses, if it's made out of, if it's for money, Aim Bamishim Kalayim. Why? Because again, if you put money in it, there's no problem of putting it, say, of putting it inside your jacket or something like that, because it's not going to warm you, because the money is very hard and it doesn't warm you. But if it's made, if, if the bag though contains seeds, so again, the, the pshiti ain't by mishum. There's no way to climb the bazrani. If it's made, if it's got, if it's a seed bag, you put seeds in there. Yesh by mishum climb. There isn't climb because that could warm you, right? And therefore, you couldn't put it inside your bosom. You can't uh, wear. It. You can't put it on your on your clothing in your pocket because it could warm you up. And therefore, there's an issue of climb. Ravashi Yomer echazev echazev. Both of them, whether it's a money purse or a purse or a bag for seeds, that's not normally the way you wear it. Now, even if it, even if it could give you some warmth, if it's in your pocket, but that's not the normal way of of, uh, of warming yourself with clothing, and therefore there's no way to sort of climb in that case as well. All right, tomorrow, Mitzvahem Daf Tesvav, and we'll start the second parak, which is talking about Erev Tavshilin, and um, tomorrow will be the the last day. Uh, that we're cur- currently the last day that we're going to learn at five in the morning, and Mitzvahem on um, uh, after Yom Kippur on Friday, uh, we'll start at the usual time of five twenty, five twenty on Friday, right? Back to the normal time. But tomorrow we're still going to be learning at five o'clock. Have a good day, everybody. A gemar simatova kol tov.